Hi, it's John Deke again with 25 Years of the Very Young Composers, a program of the New York Philharmonic. We're hearing a piece called Relative by Amina Durakovich. This is scene 36, Adaptations and Cautions, and we celebrate the 20th anniversary of the Very Young Composers, also exchanges with students from Fukushima, Japan. By the year 2015, as we were approaching the 20th anniversary of the founding of the Very Young Composer Movement, we were becoming so widespread that it became crucial to define more fully what the VYC meant to all our affiliates, to the Philharmonic, and especially to the children we were coming to empower worldwide. As already noted, the adaptations of the VYC to different cultures became surprisingly colorful, diverse, and useful to the local children. And yet, we have seen fit that the core values of the movement remain. So what are those core values? Again, briefly, one, that we listen to the children's creations, not teaching them. Two, that we not edit their creations. Three, that we provide technical and encouraging support through our teaching artists and peer support within the classes. Four, that we provide professional-level instrumental and vocal demos and interactions. And finally, five, that we provide a performance venue for their works, including public speaking, to introduce their compositions. Well, and more. So anyway, how were these values preserved, even in the context of other cultures often vastly different from ours? As a recap of the affiliates and the various iterations of the VYC to date, it might be fun to make the briefest of mentions of them. So here they are. First, just arbitrarily, in the UK, the partnership that we forged with the Barbican, Guildhall's, Future Band, and the Young Composers Collective, as well as the ideas and support of the seminal education specialist, Peter Renshaw, gave us so much to enrich our work just as we introduced our ideas to them. Their approach being more collective opened our ears to new and more effective strategies that are, for example, warm-ups, group activities, and much more. Back in scene 32, we described some of them. In Korea, the exchange has been even more intense, if anything, and even though many of the Korean usages and style remained local, the influence on us was also considerable. Back in scenes 25, 29, the concept of back thought and so forth. In Finland, of course, the cross-pollination continues to be vast and on a national scale. That's already been described quite a bit in scenes 28, 29, and also scene 35, remember the opera, Aikalisa. In Venezuela, the fundamental values of El Sistema alerted us to the social implications and possibilities of our mission, back in scene 27. In the Netherlands and in Bonn, Germany, also Finland and New York City, of course, the musical postcard exchange and development were important. Also in the Netherlands, the conception of the child in relation to world events has been key. In Brazil, 
the adaptation of the very young composers to big band jazz, as well as working with Progetto Guri, the Sao Paulo Youth Orchestra, and Sustenidos, which is a large-scale enterprise with hundreds of schools in the Sao Paulo metropolitan area. That will be in uh, scene 37, coming up in China for sponsorship of the Shanghai Symphony Orchestra and an inclination to make the very young composers at first a competitive class with purview extending virtually to outlying areas of fewer resources. We also love to work there with traditional instruments and notations. So that's added to our own toolbox back in scenes 25 and 32 about China. So in Japan, multiple levels of Tokyo elementary schools, and in Fukushima with student exchange between Japan and New York City with homestays from Japan with Tomodachi sponsorship, realizing the mission for international support, especially in the wake of their tsunami and nuclear disaster of March 2011. That's also back in scene 18. In northern Spain, for orchestral work in the Asturias province and collaboration with dance and voice, that was an innovation for us there. The choreography was also done by dance students who also wrote some of the music. In Madrid, Spain, for our connection with the UN, the United Nations, through performance of musical postcards highlighting female composers and brokered by Isabel Dobarro and Merlein Twalfhoven of the Netherlands. In Israel, for collaboration with a national preparatory conservatory and also a student exchange of nine children visiting New York with musical postcards and world event awareness, as we described back in Scene 32. In Rwanda, for incorporation with local music festivals based on improvisation rather than notation, and they're calling their musical creations beats, not pieces, but beats. Richard Carrick is responsible for that connection. In Sweden, for working out musical postcards and organizing the usage of software for students, and coupling very young composers with music theory classes of Professor Hans Parment. In Palestine, for working with two conservatories of contrasting cultures, one with traditional Western orchestral notation, and the other a more local improvisational Arabic style of performing and composing together in concert, a large team back in scene 36. In Palestine, for working with two conservatories of contrasting cultures, one, the Edward Said National Conservatory, with traditional Western orchestral notation, and the other, Al-Kamenjati, with a more local, improvisational Arabic style of performing and composing, having them in concert together. That was a large team. In Lebanon, for working with Syrian refugees at the Jusor Music School, Molly Heron. And that will be described in Sing 37. In Poland, for working out how to partner with the National Holocaust Memorial Museum, Kajtek Prochra, 
and Jessica Marler have led that. And in Manchester, Liverpool, the United Kingdom, for partnering with elementary and middle schools, the Sapa Ensemble and the world-famous Halle Orchestra. Tim Williams is the coordinator there. That's also an innovation. And all that's from abroad, in the U.S., oh my goodness, for working in Wisconsin, rural areas, and the partnership of the local university as well as management, board of directors, and fundraising strategies led by Robert Rosen back in scene 30. In Damariscata, Maine, for working in partnership with an innovative science camp, Music and Nature, combining natural found sounds at the seashore with instrumental musicians. In Vail, Colorado, for one of our longest legacies in Eagle County, buoyed by Bill Gord's storytelling framework and later Conrad Keene's classroom implementation of VYC techniques. In Denver, of course, for the birthplace of very young composer work in 1995-97, and more recently for the subscription concert opening pop-up innovation. In Bowling Green, Ohio, for a meticulously data-driven assessment of long-term VYC effects on children's lives. In New Rochelle, New York, for the Symphony of Westchester, working in a settlement house, getting kids to write for a symphony orchestra. In Marin County, California, for working with a youth orchestra of national reputation, playing works local and from New York. In Boston, at the Brigham and Women's Hospital for implementation of VYC techniques for counseling and therapy. At the Bloomingdale School, New York City Upper West Side, where the instrumental faculty have been trained by our very young composer TAs and where students write for each other, including a faculty professional. So highly innovative and successful. And of course, Finally and always, in New York City at the New York Philharmonic. The Philharmonic remains the crucible of all our work for everything from lifelong inspiration, from major financial support of the Philharmonic, to basic curriculum, principles, the bridge program, teaching artistry, orchestral young people's concerts, musical postcards, musical postcards express, especially during COVID, and much more, and all. All, all of these locations and affiliates use the essential VYC guidelines, which have been described throughout these reflections. So thinking, how can one even cursorily read through all these local adaptations and not wonder that the VYC concept has been maybe watered down, diluting its distinct and unique quality of listening deeply and sincerely into the child's mind? <laughs> but listen, for all that I may be embarrassed that in each of these countries that I've visited, even North Korea and Palestine, everyone speaks English, this being the residue of British American um, imperialism. And the one upside of this is that we show abundantly that we Americans are capable of contributing more than just military and commercial might. The blessing that I have encountered is that when we approach humbly as equals and we learn as much or more than teach these other cultures worldwide, 
They are incredibly receptive to new musical ideas and that they invariably love their children as do we. And precisely there, as they love their children, we all realize that even though we are responsible for so much of our children's development, and even though they naturally wish to emulate what they see in us, and even though imparting to them an infinitude of facts and mechanisms for navigating in this crazy, dangerous, wonderful world is necessary, there still remains an area where spiritually they have inherited an ancient truth where we must listen to them. And it is in this area where composing music resides. So, in conclusion, through close contact, person to person, over the years, the basic core and philosophy and approach of the VYC has been honored and preserved. That the TAs, administration, and parents do not edit the child's work so that the magical DNA inheritance of which I constantly speak is clearly preserved. Oh, and there's a practical aspect of this non-editing business as well. It's not just ideological. I always tell our students, teaching artists, and parents that it is essential that they understand this. And why? Because it is so easy for our culture to either say, oh, that was beautiful. Did your teacher arrange it for you? Or kids can't possibly write anything significant for the symphony orchestra. And I mean it. A couple of times we've been caught in the media where the host will ask the child or the parent, how did you write such a beautiful piece? And the student, trying to be thankful, has answered something like, oh, my teacher showed me. And there, there is the danger of harm to the whole program. The, the public is so used to thinking of a child composing music as either Mary had a little lamb or the product of a little Mozart genius. Hmm? The natural gift of all humanity of song and music has been sidelined in my long experience in relation to the symphony orchestra. We must repair this connection, and through our children is the connection most direct and most sincere of all avenues. But back to the reality of the 20th anniversary celebration of the very young composer's 2016 what is the clearest way to express this? By bringing together kids from the major international affiliates, of course. Actually, Ed Yim was the first one to suggest that we arrange a simulcast from three or four of the affiliates. Ed was artistic director at the Philharmonic at that time. How much would it cost to stage a simulcast between New York, Caracas, Seoul, and Helsinki? Well, the figure turned out to be about 20000 including musicians, labor costs, finding and renting a hall which could handle the tech necessary for it. And I wanted to include Amsterdam in this, but they had to cancel at the last minute and sent a pre-recorded video instead. But how could we possibly raise that much money in the short time we had? Several of our TAs, especially Beata Moon, suggested running a Kickstarter campaign. It seemed to me like an overwhelmingly large amount of work, but so many people encouraged me that I shrugged and said, well, why not try? So we did. 
And to come to the point, we were successful and even over the top. Some 75 people signed on to support, including many in the Philharmonic management. So I felt quite supported and enthused. Phyllis and Slade Mills made the largest contribution and guaranteed the rest if the need arose. The venue was National Sawdust in Brooklyn, an exciting new music concert hall founded by our own Paola Prestini, no less. Paola even wrote a brief, beautiful work for the occasion. The ensemble of musicians, a chamber orchestra, were mostly Philharmonic members who gave incomparable vitality to the VYC's music. And the most important element of all, of course, were the very young composers themselves. Aidan Ng, Mia Micic, Chiche Ezequena, and Nina Mosky, who wrote, orchestrated, introduced their work, and helped to emcee the whole concert in New York. Their international counterparts, who live-streamed themselves, were from Korea, Taehyung Wan, Venezuela, Angie Andrade, and Finland, Aino Hartonen. What wonderful music from our New Yorkers and their friends abroad. Tehun, even though speaking little English, nevertheless showed through his music his effusive personality and almost stole the show. The concert was held on June 4th, 2016, at National Sawdust, it being 11 a.m. in New York, noon in Venezuela, 7 p.m. in Helsinki, and midnight in Seoul. It drew a capacity crowd and miracle of miracles. The technology functioned flawlessly thanks to Deborah Kang and the National Sawdust team. I couldn't have dreamt of a more appropriate way to celebrate the world's children than this. We dedicated the entire program to Phyllis and Slade Mills. A few comments at random here. Quote, wow, what a wonderful morning. Thank you all for composing the future filled with hopeful and inspiring music. Here's another. A powerful experience seeing these kids from across the world talking directly to each other on such a deep level. And finally, the Philharmonic has so many shining stars, but to me, this concert easily outshone them all. Of our many experiences with children abroad, to and from New York, two of the most extraordinary examples were the great exchanges with Fukushima during the summers of 2015 and 2016. Here is the briefest of summaries from the Philharmonic's own public relations department. Quote, the Very Young Composers program has, as of August 22nd, 2016, accomplished an extraordinary complex exchange of Japanese students from the Fukushima Ground Zero disaster area of the Great Tohoku Earthquake and Daiichi Nuclear Disaster of 2011. All of these students lost their homes, some lost family members, and some are still without permanent homes five years later. End of quote. In both summers, we homestayed the Japanese children with our VYC kids' families for a week while they interacted with our own kids here in New York City. 
The interaction was amazing. Even lacking a common language, the two groups of VYC composers, in short, had a great time and bonded. Yankee Stadium, Shake Shack, the Statue of Liberty, the High Line, and of course, the New York Philharmonic. The culminating events took place at the atrium across from Lincoln Center. The whole program of this exchange was made possible through an initiative by Kaoru Utada of the U.S.-Japan Council and became a collaboration between the Philharmonic and the Tomodachi, or Friendship, organization Aya Hashimoto, coordinator, with funding from Suntory in Japan. Kaoru had heard the Philharmonic concert at Suntory Hall in Tokyo the year previously, which had included American and Japanese very young composer students' works. By the way, this was the concert after which the Princess of Japan, upon attending, made the public statement, This kind of musical exchange between children of our countries must continue. Kaoru then contacted Professor Takehito Shimazu of Fukushima University, and so I personally made the trip up to consult with Shimazu Sensei, a term of respect, himself. Shimazu Sensei and I proved to be energetic partners in the exchange of students mentioned above. In August of 2015, and again in 2016, the professor and his team brought over seven students ranging in ages 9 to 13 the first year, and nine students a bit older, 11 to 16, the following year. Both times, an equal number of our New York students exchanged musical postcards with their Japanese counterparts. One of the amazing and unexpected things to us, many things, was the general approach and style of the individual students in their works, and how clear it was, if one listened closely, which works were Japanese and which were American. In prior meetings with our New York students, we'd often talked about how disastrous the tsunami and nuclear meltdown continued to be for all the residents of the Fukushima prefecture, and how they were still suffering. Several of the students coming over were still homeless. Now, the music our kids wrote was mostly sad, consoling, supportive, and reflecting of their Japanese friends' suffering. I certainly expected the Fukushima kids to write music of expressively great sorrow as well. Instead, their music was sweet and lightness itself, with titles like Delightful Spring and The Beautiful Rose. What? Say again? <laughs> I think we all gained insight about how different cultures view misfortune. Now, here are just a few comments from the children themselves. I am surprised that we children are allowed to speak our ideas to adults. Miho Haranaka, Viwasi Japan composer. The American composers showed great character and their view of the world. Erino Nagahashi, Viwasi Japan composer. 
The Japanese composers were more advanced than we were in every way. Austin Celestin, New York City VYC composer. The American composers showed much more character in their instrumentation than we did. Mika Naito, VYC Japan composer. And from the parents, our children will carry the wonderful memories of this week with the Japanese children for a very long time. And from Professor Shimazu himself, from a small number of musicians and young composers, a big impression has been created. Oh, and as a P.S., the funding for subsequent exchanges with Japanese students from Fukushima and elsewhere in Japan and in the U.S. fell prey to the perception that has always dogged us and probably will continue to do so. We don't have the vast numbers of students that sports programs, for instance, do. Uh, yes, this is both short-sighted but yet understandable. I will append comments on this issue because, as I've said before, if you, the young person or the entrepreneur, hearing this, who wants to do this kind of VYC work, you will run up against this kind of resistance and you will need to know how to answer it. <laughs> <laughs>